The opinions expressed in this program reflect only those of the participants and are not necessarily those of the sponsors, management, or staff of WTBQ Radio or FST Broadcasting Corporation. WTBQ. Good morning, everybody. This is Stephen Keeter with the Free Speech Show. And as always on the program, we have a permanent sidekick, uh, Jay Westerwald here right with me in the studio. Good morning. Good morning, Good morning Stephen. How are you? I'm laughing because... The sound guy, who's like, you know, Lou Ferrigno, is mouthing along to the lady with the high-pitched voice doing the intro. I was dying. Jeez, this guy needs a show. Um, how are you this morning? Doing good, doing good. I'm, uh, as uh, probably people who are uh, listening, uh, you can hear I'm battling a little bit of a cold. What? Um, uh, take care, Stephen. It was good seeing you, man. <laughs> no, no fever, no nothing. It's just like uh, like what you had uh, last week. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's uh, Wait, are you blaming me? Maybe do, I got do it. I? <laughs> well, it's good to see. You. I'm glad you're here for sure, for sure. Thank you. So, <clears throat> the weather obviously a little bit of uh, not uh, cooperating. We had a very, very heavy rain, and uh, but I think uh, you know with the with the weekend ahead of us, there's uh, I don't know about you, but there's certainly a lot of plans on my plate, and uh, I know we've uh, been talking about the uh, sort of like features of the hotel at Palpitrok uh, Inn. Wait, they're, they're putting a hotel there? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the features are great. It's really exciting. And, um, you know, every week in the Dispatch, uh, which is Warwick's hometown newspaper, the Warwick Valley Dispatch, we have an ad uh, highlighting those features. This past week, we didn't, uh, just out of respect for the am amount of news going on there. Um, but uh, the big one we were talking about the last time was the certainly the water gardens and then of course the trout. And I got so much feedback on the whole uh, thing with stocking the trout and having trout fishing lessons. Not that we'll belabor that in this show, but I was just kind of stunned about all the good feedback. And the coolest thing, Stephen, it kind of shows you that the, they used to be the, uh, what, what's the right word? The people who are against your project. They, Up, uh, I think opposition. Yeah, the opposition. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, babe. <laughs> the opposition. What's it down to? Three people? I mean, people who were formerly part of the quote-unquote opposition, people who signed on to that um, uh, peculiar uh, petition that took up the center of the paper a month ago. These people... I'm running into them and they're saying, I, I love what you're doing. I love the trout idea. They were stoked that uh, I quoted uh, Norman McLean, uh, the you know outdoor writer. And the really cool thing about that, and I didn't get into it in that issue, and we may see it in an upcoming uh, ad talking about our features, is the idea that Frank Forrester was originally from Warwick and he was a tremendous outdoor writer. And a lot of old timers know that they remember that they're very um excited about that and people brought that up with me and numerous people said you know it's kind of funny here in warwick we have a a very important historic trout stream and that's um over and you know running through Belle Vale and uh, then right into the way we onda uh, the longhouse creek and these people say you know it's kind of funny it's on the national register of historic uh trout streams etc but we never hear of people coming here to fish it and it's actually difficult to get to now from anywhere, which to old timers like me, I guess I'm officially an old timer now. Um, that's kind of good. We don't, we're not always crazy about people just trudging in through the fields and uh, throwing a line in. But what we're going to have at the inn is going to be really nice because it's going to be very accessible to just to Warwick residents and to inn guests. But, you know, it's an exciting thing to harken back to that real uh, sporting history of Warwick. The, uh, I understand that, uh, you know, there's a lot of resources that were um, not only present but prevalent in Warwick back in, in the days that are currently not available. And uh, we're trying to build on that historical uh, success or significance. Uh, and uh, among those uh, things that we're trying to bring back to life is sport fishing right here in Wawayanda Creek. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, uh, Pioneer Carriage that would uh, connect... Uh, you know, the landmarks of uh, Greater Warwick area w and uh, have people give them a chance to, to come in and uh, explore and uh, get to know the history of Warwick. Yeah, and the cool thing there is that the original Pioneer carriage, beside bringing 
people to various landmarks, which it definitely did do. And there are more of them now than there were back then, especially in terms of agritainment, you know, as we say every show without going off about it again, the wineries, the breweries and all. Um, and that's fun when you don't have to drive uh, coming back to your hotel from those places. But the real purpose of it back then was to go to Goshen and pick up uh, people from the train station that was there, right where the, like the Goshen Police Department and the um, post office are now. And now the nearest train stops are Tuxedo and uh, Harriman. And Harriman, of course, is that train stop is developing a lot more because of the presence of Woodbury Common, which is, as we say, you know, the last three shows, New York's most visited attraction. But what we can do is potentially have the carriage from the hotel meet guests there or at Tuxedo so that we're picking them right up from the train that I don't even have to take a bus. A, a couple on the Upper West Side can say, look, we don't have a car. Let's just jump on the train. We'll cross over at uh, Secaucus Junction, hop on, and uh, they pick us up. And I think that would and be And nice. frankly, I can't think of a, <clears throat> uh, of a hotel between Warwick and uh, Tuxedo. No. Absolutely not. I mean, there are, you know, there are motels and uh, as we had to educate a, a fellow who was calling here a lot uh, when the show first started, big difference between a motel and a hotel and this boutique hotel model offers something completely different. And uh, the, the beauty of it really to me is the variety of functions that it will host and the variety of attractions to which it will bring the guests. That's something that... Um, other hotels uh, in this region really don't have. In fact, you know, it's rare that there are a lot of places in the world anywhere where you have so many diverse attractions in one area. Here in Warwick, we actually can do a lot of different things at different times of the year in, here in southeastern New York. And there aren't a lot of places in the world where that's the case. So, I mean, I can't see how it won't be a huge hit. And Frankly, I'm pretty jacked uh, to be a part of it when, you know, when no, it, when thank it you. happens. It's, a, it's a great to have uh, you. And uh, as I mentioned before, we have uh, what I would like to call a dream team of professionals working on a project. And everybody is a, essentially a, a star in its own field, uh, from yeah. uh, star architects uh, working on it to uh, environmentalists to, to engineers. And everybody is uh, like a top professional. And uh, so far... Uh, I think the project is moving along as expected. It uh, takes time. We dotting every I and crossing every T in terms of uh, procedure and uh, following it. And uh, uh, like I said, it also gives us time to, uh, you know, the closer we get to the conclusion of the the, the procedure and uh, going through the secret process, it gives us time to develop all these features, just like the eco-integration features that uh, Jay uh, Westervelt is uh, is an author of and, uh, you know, so to speak, a designer of. Uh, we've been discussing for the, the past probably like uh, three, oh, four gosh. months. Yeah, easily, easily, I, even longer, I think. Um, so it's, you know, it's pretty cool. I, I'm just excited to see this place where people can go with their children and the kids can actually be engaged with nature you know, by walking right out the door of one of the uh, eight cottages that will be there or of the main inn building, uh, they can walk right out and find something engaging in all the things we have, aside from the activities and aside from the things such as, again, the carriage bringing them right into the village to all the great taverns and, uh, you know, pubs here. That's going to be a lot of fun for people. Um, I think for a lot of Gothamites, it's really nice to come to, a, it's hard to call it an old-fashioned uh, village, what you know, we locals call town here in Warwick, the village. Um, but it's it's just smaller. It's different. It's obviously much more intimate, and it's going to be a great experience for people. So I'm really excited about it. And um, you know, it's despite what recent press uh, how it makes it look with our cafes, etc. It's actually a pretty cohesive, uh, happy, friendly, fun place, uh, and it will certainly continue as such. You know, a little blip on the radar and. Um, you know, things will be nice again. Uh, it's like nationally, we have a few blips here and there, but we come together as Americans and, and things get better. And uh, Warwick seems to only be getting better, I think. As and as a community, we have a lot to share. And uh, I think we can continue this conversation after the advertising break, which is coming right now. Cool.
Sam's Meat Warehouse is a butcher with old-time family values. Remember back in the day when people knew their butcher by name and visiting them was a social experience? They would talk to customers about how to cook a piece of meat to perfection. Sam's combines old-world methods with modern techniques. Call your favorite butcher, Sam's, at 845-651-MEAT or visit the store right off 17A in Florida, New York for the highest quality products at unbeatable prices. Hi, I'm Dave Edwards, and I invite you to join me every Sunday night when we'll showcase a perfect album. I'll start with side one, track one, and we'll play every song in order from the record. A few bonus songs, as well as some trivia too, right here on Radio Worth Listening To. You have a car problem? Maybe it's a mechanic problem. Maybe it's not. Sounds like a job for me, Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor. That's right, Sunday mornings at 8. Get up early, let's hang out, let's talk about cars, let's all get smarter, let's solve some car problems. Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor, here Sunday mornings at 8. WTBQ. And we're back with Free Speech. This is Jay Westerveld, uh, the sort of semi-permanent guest here on Stephen Keeter's show. Uh, I have uh, my show on Monday mornings, Tales and Trails. Uh, not to put a plug in there, but let me put a plug in there. <laughs> <laughs> and Stephen's been uh, the guest on my show a lot of times, which has been a lot of fun. And uh, we, we have a lot of fun with this show. And, you know, we never... We always have too much to talk about. We run out of time, especially on my show. I'm sort of doing this, Kramer, sort of blah, 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 right when you know they, they sign me off. But I have to say what um, Frank and Taylor have here for the show, you know, is really, really, really nice. The way they've hosted these two shows, what they do for the community, the way people can be driving anywhere and listen. I normally, you know, I usually listen to, you know, what they call urban music stations. Uh, most of the time myself, I'm usually listening to uh, other stations. Now I find myself listening to uh, TBQ more and more and more and it truly is as their tagline says radio worth listening to for reasons like this and this morning uh, right uh, the show right before us ours it's uh, tom loveless music Love and that guy. Uh, tom just uh, left the studio and uh, frankly driving uh, to the show today and i uh, like you said we will be uh, tuning in and listening and i thought for a second that uh, hotel uh, is besides of all the benefits besides of everything that uh, good that it will bring to the community and I always was uh, stating that it will be a platform, a vehicle for further exploring uh, Warwick itself and uh, to feature local local artists and artisans and musicians. And I thought, you know what, Tom is already such has such a great uh, setup. He he he's bringing this uh, local musicians to each and every program, and why not uh, feature them uh, on a weekly basis or, or, or just make them a resident uh, at the hotel for, for a week it's or two? Great idea. Should, just to sh- give them a stage and, and uh, give people a chance to appreciate the, the local musicians and music. That's a beautiful idea. It is because, you know, sometimes uh, when in any community, people sort of have their just regular standbys. Everybody knows this or that musician, and the same three seem to headline everywhere, and they're the go-tos. With Tom Lovelace's show, he sort of roots out, he sniffs out the really rare uh, mushrooms, you know, and brings them in. And we get to hear some pretty interesting stuff. And to me, with music, I'm, I've always been a, a tremendous fan of uh, music. And, um, you know, I'm not like trying to be all alternative or anything, but I always like to hear something a little different. And with his show, I'm hearing local people who offer something a lot different than the usual, you know, folk strummings that you might hear when you walk into uh, a lot of eateries and stuff. It's really a lot of fun. And uh, I think if you can have that at the hotel, that will be great. And um, and it's know. just another example how a hotel can be helpful. And uh, it's sort of like, like this, we would like to think of WTBQ, uh, sort of like a WTBQ family uh, as a people who work here, who have their shows here. And uh, Tom is one of them. And like I said, I've been always amazed how on a weekly basis he he sift through and find this uh, incredible musicians and artists that he continues to feature, but uh, in itself already uh, you know having a great setup. But I think the hotel uh, wants its place. It's going to elevate it to another yet level and give those musicians and artists a, a stage, uh, so to speak, uh, to become known uh, locally and for all the visitors that would come visit Warwick. Yeah, and also the beauty of the hotel is no matter how you slice it, Stephen, it's a private enterprise. So you're not at the mercy of the usual huddle. 
of three or four shot callers saying, oh, well, we're going to have this musician or, oh, we're going to have this not-for-profit organization run these things or run these activities. You can actually do something a little different instead of getting into this sort of um, incestuous presentation of local talent. And I kind of like Tom's show, absolutely steps outside and tries to find new, different, and really interesting things. And we learn from a show like his that there is a lot more talent out there than we would normally know, you know, know about if we just walked into the same cafes or restaurants all the time and heard the, the same three people playing. Not that, you know, harsh on any of those people. A lot of them are very talented in their own way and also in a very popular way. But with your project, you're going to be able to chronicle a lot of things that otherwise don't get light when you have this um, sort of socio-politically incestuous um, bearing to a town or to a village, I should say. When I say town, I actually mean the village. And, you know, you can sort of look outside of things um, that are right in front of you, which is really nice. And your fresh perspective brings so much to it. And again, as you say, a hotel becomes the center feature of many areas. Myself, you know, lifelong guy in the snow sports industry, the major hotels, especially in Europe, were always the centerpieces of the mountains. That was the center of culture and where, um, you know, we learn a lot of things and do a lot of things. And, uh, you know, where people would meet and where you'd get your cultural identity for a place, certainly like in the Engadine uh, region of Eastern Switzerland, um, you know, uh, Zermatt, Squal, uh, places like that, the, the hotel, the sort of grand hotel is everything. And I'm just so glad that Warwick is going to have something like it, that. It, it is a social hub. It is a place of gathering. It is a place of, uh, it, it's a place that will provide employment, yeah. uh, food, uh, you know, overnight accommodations. Uh, and uh, this is, uh, this is not all that uh, our hotel will or our project uh, will will bring to the community this is we uh, draw in the line uh, so much further we we bring in uh, the benefits and uh, recreational activities and features uh, that's currently non-existent that were uh, that did exist in the past but since then all but forgotten yeah, when, now, you know, there's a very interesting parallel right over the border in Sussex County, New Jersey. There's, um, you know, the towns of Vernon and McAfee collectively. Just, you know, kind of a mineral mining area, very, you know, quiet Appalachian rural area, beautiful. The ski resorts came in in the early 60s, and then in the early 70s, or actually technically late 60s, the Playboy Club came in. And that was an enormous hotel that had so many wonderful amenities. When I was a little tiny boy, that was the first time I was ever in a, you know, big public jacuzzi and things like that. Uh, and, um, you know, you think, well, the Playboy Club, you know, just scantily clad women wearing ears uh, prancing around. Yeah, there was that. But um, that wasn't the real primary draw of it. It was that you had beautiful indoor tennis courts. You had a nice golf course. You had... Uh, you know, beautiful swimming pools, more than one, you know, had, you had indoor, outdoor, you had the beautiful, as I say, big jacuzzi, four different discos inside. Now that was a lot different than, you know, obviously <laughs> what you were proposing and on a much bigger footprint, but it was, and I, and I don't use the word much, it was an awesome experience. But the really wild thing was the stark contrast against the Appalachian backdrop where it was built and how it brought so much to the region. And, you know, it was the footprint for it and the design was really set up for gambling. It was going to be a casino and then locally it was voted down. And so the, the Playboy people backed out, they sold it to another company, then a holding company, another company. And over time it, it wound down uh, pretty, you know, pretty sadly. And um, now it's, it's been closed for 20 years or more but it brought so much it's a shame that they were banking everything on gambling because they lost everything in a case like the pulpit rock in it's not it's not banking on some kind of change or some bizarre new feature coming in it's saying we're celebrating it you know yeah we're banking essentially on preservation of, of uh, the features that uh, no longer there but that uh, has been uh, historically war weekends and uh, you know and the war week uh, had uh, the fly fishing uh, oh, back gosh. in the days. Uh, yeah. Had a uh, great history of uh, 
hotel renaissance and the golden era of the hotels. And, and just the, even the taverning industry, something like this, as I say, you know, it's, I don't mean to uh, keep bringing it up, but the motto here, it feels like, especially with Apple Fest, is you don't have to go home, you just can't stay here. And you, you can't do that to people when you have a, a beautiful burgeoning taverning industry and you have Applejack and things like that, for which the place was once famous. Now we say hard cider, of course. Um, uh, but you offer all of these things, again, the breweries, the wineries, and you can't just send them home afterward and so this will change the metric so much it, it's going to be really beautiful again i'm really excited to be a part of it and it will sort of take some of the um focus and emphasis away from all the little things that are always occurring in the village good bad and in between and sort of give us just a, a respite from all of that a respite from the sort of street level politics that pervade any municipality you know and just go to a nice resort that's right here but it's not again uh, contingent on gambling or some other external force for its success it's saying we're going to celebrate this whole area much as you're celebrating the rock itself and that to me is the most exciting thing um you know just we've already cleared out a lot of the invasive uh plants that were starting to take the rock over um we're going to make it much easier for people to see much easier for people to visit for public access it does not matter that it has absolutely no historical, archaeological, or ecological importance. That doesn't matter. As you always say, Stephen, it looks cool. As I've said to you, Stephen, why don't you, why didn't you build the hotel somewhere else on a, you know, there's uh like that real estate for sale over by the bowling alley. Why don't why don't you build it there? You're still on the edge of the uh, village. You know, it's still Warwick. You always say the rock's cool. I like the rock. It, it is. It does not have the same proximity to the village. No. It, it is essentially, it is a walking distance. And I think that is very, very important. It is a unique uh, property in a sense of uh, its uh, proximity to the village. It uh, also has the Wabayanda Creek running through. Yeah. And the backside of the property is actually much larger or, or the back... Uh, border uh, line sure. will, is much longer uh, in in the relationship to the frontage uh, <clears throat> giving you a, a lot of that uh, stream frontage absolutely and that's part of the two two thirds is that absolutely unaffected by any of the construction or infrastructure of the hotel itself of the project that will be preserved and we could just say okay that will be preserved and we'll let it continue to just grow into more of a thicket etc and more of a monoculture of uh, alien plants, but instead we hope to just continue to improve that with different plantings, with deer exclosures to keep the uh, overly abundant, egregiously abundant white-tailed deer from eating everything that is tasty to them. Uh, we can set it up so that, well, Stephen, I visited your home and I remember you have a beautiful garden. It was unlike anything I've really ever seen in Warwick. You have beautiful berry plants, old world berry plants, instead of just the usual, you know, tomatoes and corn, which I love, we all love squash. But you have plants that are representative of, of plant species, berries actually, from uh, Central Europe. And to me, to see that, first it warmed the cockles of my heart, <laughs> just being back from Central Asia, whereas, you know, I'm crazy about my sea buckthorn and my elderberries and stuff. But to see this berry plantation, and then to speak with you, and realize Stephen's not just some home builder. I mean, this is a guy who knows biology, who knows uh, cultivation of plants, who you know so much about food when you showed me that you were collecting shiitake mushrooms in your backyard. Now, strangely enough, uh, those berries, uh, and they are sort of like an old world... Uh, cultivar. Cultivars, and uh, those are gooseberries. And uh, the... the red um oh gosh yeah you i, I don't even know <laughs> I, I don't know the equivocal names in english of a lot of them uh, the black currants uh, this is not a i think it's a current family but it's it's a red currant uh, there's there's got to be a proper uh, name. no we, we know, do say red currant red currants we do say that but the, there is a different name altogether in, that's in still europe english. they're called uh, pozichki or mm -hmm. porichki and uh, there's also like a golden variety. Yes. And uh, so, so those uh, actually, they, the, even though they're very uncommon, 
they are known here they are loved by people uh, here and uh, they uh, also taken off pretty good to this climate yeah if you walk along lower wisner road as i often do you'll see a few little uh shrubs black currant growing there very few they have that funny sort of it almost looks like a glove the leaf like five yes. uh, uh-huh. lobes uh-huh. and you'll see it there i don't see a lot of fruit on it but again, our, our native birds, I think, just decimate the fruit. They, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <It's> the, <laughs> That's one battle we're always battling. <laughs> that and the gooseberry that happens with, yep. too, a lot, as I recall. But, um, no, it's just beautiful to have those kind of plantings on the site there. You know my big thing. I want to have a tally card of different types of plants that we get to thrive there so that we can boast the highest diversity of plantings anywhere in the state. And our, our only big, as I say all the time, our only big competition is Central Park. Now, they're big also in landmass, so they have a you know an advantage over us. And they also have a core of several hundred volunteers tending to that stuff. And their biggest advantage, no deer. That's really why Central Park does so well uh, in terms of plant life. But we can do it with the right effort, with some input from some schools. I'd really like to get interns working from some of the schools to learn more about plant diversity. And uh, I think it can be really exciting. But your your berry plantation on your own <laughs> property was the, the thing that blew my mind. Well, uh, and uh, there was not uh, an objective. I just, uh, you know, I, I really kind of uh, we want to surround ourselves with the things that we're familiar with, we grew up with. Uh, I was always amazed how, uh, you know, uh, even if you go through the farm markets or through the stores, you, you can you get a great variety of fruits. Uh, some of them are brought from far and away, and uh, usually, you know, they don't carry the same flavor. They don't carry the same uh, level of ripeness. They, sure. they uh, mostly designed for the uh, for travel and uh, shelf life to withstand uh, all, all those conditions, and. Uh, I always, this is what we miss. This is what uh, you, you can't find. This is what you <laughs> crave, essentially. And uh, the best way is to, to get your own sort of like a garden variety. And uh, we try to work in it. I was just curious to see if that's going to take off and that's going to... Uh, but the climate is perfect. Yeah. And uh, as we know that the, we discussed about the sea backthorn, uh, bringing them in and putting up uh, in, in a hotel, on a hotel property. And uh, yeah, it, it just... Uh, just takes an effort it, yeah. it takes an effort it takes uh, to do kind of uh, things and uh, nothing more than that other than know-how and uh, putting an effort in it you know i was just having a conversation uh, two weeks ago with a, a friend of mine from israel my buddy mickey and he was talking about well, he was in europe uh, he, he travels a lot and uh, he was talking to a scottish man about mutton about sheep meat mm-hmm. And the Scottish man was telling him, well, we have the best mutton in the world. And Mickey was trying to explain to him, you, you can't make that statement until you've had sheep that is from the desert where it never eats grasses, never touches grains. It eats only ultra rich herbs. It's actually getting infused with herbs from the inside out. The man couldn't comprehend that. And I, you know, it, it had to have been a funny, friendly argument to witness <laughs> just for the accents. But... Uh, you know, it, it it's a great point, and we see this always with wines. You and I have discussed this. The the individual loam of different wineries give the the character to a, mm-hmm. a grape, and then to the ensuing wine. And with plants, uh, berries, you know, uh, you know, plants other than grapes, we see it as well. Uh, the great onions of Pine Island and of our black dirt culture here just have their own flavor as a result of that totally organic soil. It's almost difficult to call it soil because it's all. Pl- almost all plant detritus, you know, it's just dying or dead plants, dead sphagnum moss from, you know, hundreds, thousands of years ago. What a crazy uh, soil, you know? But I think uh, there's, the, the, there's a French word, terroir. Terroir, yeah. I, I never, it's one word with which I struggle it, and I had six years of academic <laughs> French. But it's, it, 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 that's, uh, that, uh, that's what imparts in, into the character. Yes. What a lot of people don't know, but I think, and it's difficult to sort of like to characterize terroir, right? Yes. Is that how you pronounce it? And its impact on everything that that grows on it or the, what that terroir produces. But I think what really it's easy to draw a parallel and set an example of it. Like a lot of people don't know, but there's 
oysters, for example. Ah, here we go. Uh, you know, with oysters, uh, there's uh, one commercially available seedings that majority, whether you're talking uh, Blue Points, whether you're talking Well Fleets, whether you're talking Chickanook uh, River. Or whether, now we're talking, by the way. Uh, no, a lot of people do not realize that this is the same variety and the same seedings and the same uh, oyster. Wow. Except it grew up in a different environment. Interesting. And they all taste very, very different. And I think, uh, well, we'll discuss that when we come back from the advertising break. I look forward to it. Sam's Mead Warehouse has been supplying restaurants and shops with the highest quality local and sustainably sourced prime and choice wholesale mead, steaks, poultry, seafood, and much more for over 20 years. Whether you're a small family butcher shop or a busy steakhouse, expect A1 service and the finest products available. Call Sam's at 845-651-MEAT or visit the store right off Route 17A in Florida, New York for the highest quality products at unbeatable prices. Hi, this is Orange County Executive Steve Newhouse. Join me and my guests every Monday on the Roundtable at 9 a.m. AM 1110 93.5 FM WTBQ. WTBQ weather. For the afternoon, a few lingering showers, especially early on, otherwise just mostly cloudy, 40 to 45. Tonight, partly to mostly cloudy with a scattered flurry, 25 to 30. Sunday, more clouds than sun, Windy with a scattered snow flurry around 40. Little change Monday, a mix of sun and clouds, a flurry still possible. From the WTBQ Weather Center, I'm WeatherWorks meteorologist John Leo. WTBQ. And we're back with the Free Speech Show. This is Stephen Keeter and Jay Westerwald here in the studio. We were talking about the uh, many different things. <laughs> As always. <laughs> Uh, about the, the uh, local resources and uh, the, the sort of like the environment that imparts uh, not only flavor, but, uh, you know, certain characteristics to everything that grows in it. Or, sure. Or, you know. It's, I like that you brought up the the seed of these oysters is all the same. That was very interesting to me because it's kind of like nature nurture in uh, sociology. You know, uh, let's say you have quintuplets and uh, somebody gives them up for adoption and each one is raised in a different area, a different tax bracket of family, different social caste, how much of their innate personality, their innate, um, you know, just their, their, their intellect, their, their leanings, their tastes uh, that they may have congenitally, how much of that is going to express in them in their later life. And those are always interesting um, case studies that happen after the fact. Of course, you don't uh, set up an experiment like that, and uh, that would be a horrible thing to do. But we find out later when you you see these uh, separated uh, twins, and more interestingly, quadruplets, triplets, etc., uh, meeting again and coming from different walks of life and seeing what the similarities are and what the differences are. Well, with foods, with plants, uh, certainly in biology in general, we see this, and that's seems to be what you're touching on when we're talking about the different uh i hate i hate saying the word terrar <laughs> um you know expressing uh different right, things but, in but that's that's what uh, sets the pineal onion aside from oh, any yeah. other onion and uh, i think here in warwick you know without the digging the too deep into the grounds and and, and characteristics of it i think it's just uh, in relationship to the biology, as as a, as a community, we can we also have our own characteristics that can be uh, sort of shared. Yeah, and the hotel can be that amplifier. That uh, and it's a great point. Yeah, a, a, a real uh, soundboard for those characteristics. Because again, as I said uh, closer to the intro. You have to excuse me. I'm I've been battling a bit of a cold myself. We're both talking kind of uh, low and slow, like it's a jazz show, you know. But the the difference is that it's a private enterprise, so you're not at the mercy of just 
you know, socio-political idealism or huddles, you know, you sort of can be a little more free and give everybody, no pun intended, a pulpit for their ideas, for their artistry, just the local artists and not just musicians as you had brought up, but visual artists uh, who you can share and, you know, actually have uh, these displays, et cetera. You know, I think it's going to be wonderful. Yeah, like a resident artist when, uh, like, like for example, I, I love uh, art and I do collect uh, and I- I'm So I've I, seen. And I do have a couple of paintings and uh, that I'm very proud of. And uh, we can invite, uh, or that that's one of the uh, sort of programs and plans to have resident uh, artists to, or have on loans uh, a particular display uh, or collection that will get to, rev you know, sort of like revolved and- Yeah, uh, rotating installations, exactly. uh -huh. which I think will be absolutely beautiful. And I'd, I'd like to take this time to offer you my, my velvet Elvises. <laughs> you know, I think we really need velvet Elvises in there. I'm kidding, but uh, yeah, it'll be the opposite of motel art, which will be really nice to have going through there along with, um, you know, the various musicians and stuff. But to give people a chance to express themselves, to express their art and to give the businesses here a nice kiosk that, that's not the usual just flat pamphlet uh, holder, but a, a kiosk that lets each one during a different week sort of talk about what they have and have, you know, special discounts each week to come see this or that, uh, you know, again, maybe Penning's Farm Market uh, in September or something, things of that nature. Um, Eddie's Roadhouse, whatever is going right. on. No, in no, the absolutely. And speaking about, uh, I'd like to put a word for uh, our sponsor, like Sam Smith Warehouse, and uh, please follow up on the Facebook. I think this week's special is uh, is a great one. And in putting it in uh, words, uh, our own uh, sponsor is never uh, too early to let uh, people that you love uh, know how you feel about it and uh, how much you care about them. So I think Sam's Meat Warehouse is announcing an early Valentine uh, Day special uh, offering USDA Prime uh, Tomahawk Steaks at twelve ninety nine, which is a great, great price. And uh, with the, the two more benefits of aging it there free of charge, cutting, trimming and free of charge aging. In other words, if that uh, order has been placed promptly today, it's going to give you up to 27, 28 days to Valentine's Day. That's wow. yeah, exactly yeah, just that, about, yes. which is a peak of its own, you know, dry age tenderness and uh, juicy uh, steak that the, that the dry age process will create. So, uh, yeah, uh, just like, and see, we have that opportunity to speak uh, uh, on behalf of the, let's say, our, our sponsor of our program. And the hotel will give that opportunity to, to every local business, to every uh, pop and mom shop, to every pizzeria, to, to the businesses that you just mentioned, to, to put them on a map, to let people who come into Warwick area, uh, places to go, uh, sort of like a concierge suggestions where you can sure, grab a dinner. A lot and, of hotels uh, have yeah. something similar to this, especially in the city. Sort of, you know, one little, uh, almost like an ancillary gift shop where maybe one week style council. We'll have a few of their things there. Then the next week, maybe Forever Jewelers. Whomever, people can actually have sort of like you have art installations. You can actually have shop installations. I just think it's it's a win for everyone, not to sound like a commercial, but it really seems it. I have to jump back to those tomahawk steaks. <laughs> those things, if anybody doesn't know what, what the tomahawk steaks look like, they're amazing. It's a, an enormous a rib bone, I it, guess. It is a rib eye. <clears throat> it's only a rib steak from rib number four through rib number 11 with the French bone uh, right. le left intact. That's a full bone. How long say. is that? I want to say about uh, 16, maybe upwards to between 16 and 20 inches. That's amazing because it's it's just the effect of it at the dinner table is wild. You you could be a giant, and when you hold one of those things, you look like Pebbles or, or Bam Bam. You look like a caveman's kid, you know. <laughs> well, and, it officially sort of qualified as a weapon. It's a, that's why the, the name of a tomahawk. Uh, it, it's a big steak. So it's certainly a steak to share. Uh, it's upwards probably about three pounds each. Yeah. And uh, this certainly gives a great presentation on the table. Very visual. It gives a great plate coverage, if you will. Uh, and uh, like I said, usually the most photographed, the most uh, self <laughs> stake uh, among all of them. Yeah, uh, yeah no, it's, it's great. I mean, I, I feel like a caveman when, when I eat it. And uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a, it's a crazy thing. 
But jumping back to the project and speaking of uh, cavemen, et cetera, I remember there was a lot of scuttlebutt. A lot of people were, well, not a lot of people, a handful of people were making spurious suggestions that the rock itself uh, had some sort of ancient quote unquote Manitou uh, with our wonderful uh, native people, our first peoples who were here before Europeans came here. And uh, we found through, I mean, an incredible process of research, and you brought in so many different archeologists and, and even paleontologists, and they found no sign of any of it. I, I reached out to the chief of one of the clans of the, the Lenape here, and uh, he, he never mentioned any importance to it at all. And it's kind of interesting that you know, this rock is one of, you know, we always say, well, there are at least 20 others almost exactly like it in the immediate environs within, let's say, a city block of it. But when I drive out here by the radio station, and instead of going left on Sanfordville, I continue on, I don't know if that's covered bridge, it eventually brings you to Possum and Terrace and out there. But there are the same rocks uh, in the fields there too, very similar to pulpit rock, they're just kind of laying on their side, or they're partially, you know, under dirt. And I'm, I'm kind of surprised that so many people initially made an outcry saying, well, this one must have some special meaning, but these hundreds of others exactly like it between here, uh, going all the way up to behind the landmark, uh, Lewis Woodlands, very similar rocks, beautiful there, um, that those aren't explored more for that same kind of thing. But I guess you know, there must have been a, another... Well, the very same theory. person who made that claim, apparently he can find the God in uh, everything. Uh, that know, happens. And, you know, there are people, you know, you can have a real cause and find something that's really worth fighting for and worth protecting. And I'm the poster child for that. I'll be the first one to say it. And then, you know, you can have someone whose heart and effort is rooted solely in opposing something instead of embracing something and saying, let's preserve something useful. Well, you know, I don't like this guy, so let's oppose that and let's manufacture some fake history, some fake, um, you know, ecology and apply it to it. And thankfully in this case, that was very, very swiftly debunked and uh, you were able to move on. And now that beautiful rock will be celebrated more than it ever has been uh, in known history. And I think that's kind of nice. Very, very true. Because uh, uh, once again, we're looking at, uh, at it from different kind of angles, already discussing uh, further uh, clearing up uh, for better visibility. Like yeah. uh, there's a dead tree in front of it that, uh, you know, like I want to uh, get the, uh, the opinion of uh, biologists to see how uh, viable, whether it's still alive, whether it has a lot of future left, or maybe it's just a better off just to be Oh, arboreal pathologists uh -huh. too. I remember you, you're, you're yep. going to bring some in there for that. In the bigger picture, I'm just excited without giving away any of our next uh, half page ads where we talk about our features. We like them to come out in the paper first and then talk about them on the show afterward. I see so many beautiful uses for it as a backdrop for really some spiritual events. Uh, and I don't mean that in a religious sense. I just mean if, um, you know, without making a big spoiler, just for a place to practice yoga and all on little meditation, platforms. meditation, Wedding, website. weddings. Uh, Absolutely. And that's, you know, the, I think that is an, a really beautiful way to celebrate that rock and to bring it to more attention and to allow people to come up. And, you know, if somebody feels that there is, if they feel that they're closer to God or to a God or to some Manitou by being there, please come by, you know, touch the rock, hug it, whatever. That's great. I support that. I think we both do. Right. But there is no record of that. You know, there's no history no, of but, it. No, uh, but each its own, as they say, and if that's what you, uh, you, you know, the, in other words, uh, that rock will be open for everybody to enjoy in whichever way you prefer, uh, whether you uh, want to pray by it, whether you want to do a photo session, you want to sure. do a, a selfie. Sure. Uh, <laughs> Just no graffiti. You know, there was a, interestingly, it's almost not worth mentioning, but... I, I kind of have to bring it up. Uh, last week in the um, bigger newspaper, the Times-Herald Record, a Middletown, New York-based paper, newspaper that covers a big region, 
they somebody wrote a letter to the editor and they were saying you know you have to preserve well save pulpit rock and ice caves mountain and ice caves mountain is in sullivan county as, as you probably know by cragsmore is beautiful and it does have some incredible native american um importance but then when the person was talking about it they were talking about a quarry company in orange county not protecting it i realized they were actually talking about lookout mountain in goshen duchess uh caves duchess shelter i've explored that a lot since the 70s and they were so mixed up and then they said that well pulpit rock somebody wants to destroy pulpit rock and i thought my god i hope steven doesn't find out hey he'll be really angry that somebody wants to destroy his beautiful rock but this is this is how uh, misguided these people are but i guess after the break uh, maybe we can talk a little more Meat Warehouse is a butcher with old-time family values. Remember back in the day when people knew their butcher by name and visiting them was a social experience? They would talk to customers about how to cook a piece of meat to perfection. Sam's combines old-world methods with modern techniques. Call your favorite butcher, Sam's, at 845-651-MEAT or visit the store right off 17A in Florida, New York for the highest quality products at unbeatable prices. If you missed the Frank Truett Show, here's what you missed. Fans, what's going on at Pompton Lakes High School this coming year? We're a group one high school with 650 kids. We have a culinary arts program that is probably I'm the best around. I'm happy to taste test. And yeah, right. <laughs> you have to come in. Extra <laughs> cheese. Yeah. Yes, yes. We will put extra cheese on anything you want, and we won't throw you out. That's what you say now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Frank Truett Show, weekday mornings till 9 on WTBQ. Hi, this is Michael Newhart, Mayor of the Village of Warwick, inviting you to tune in every Thursday at 11 a.m. to Village Life and learn about the village happenings. Call and share your ideas, comments, and suggestions, and be part of the show with me and Mary Kalora. WGHT Pompton Lakes, your community radio station since 1969. WTBQ, Warwick, Florida. And we're back with... What is this? Free speech or tales and trails? Free speech. Free speech. <laughs> Thank you, Stephen. I'm uh, Jay Westerveld, Stephen Keeter's semi-permanent uh, guest here. And we were just talking before the break. And, you know, the reason we were really uh, unprepared is we we're really kind of laughing during the break here in the studio because someone had written a letter to the editor of the uh, bigger paper, the um, Middletown-based Times-Herald Record, which has a Pretty, pretty big circulation. I won't say big readership, but big circulation. And they said that somebody wants to destroy Ice Caves Mountain and Pulpit Rock. And they vaguely said how important it is to protect these things. And I agree, Ice Caves Mountain, which is up in Sullivan County, Cragsmore is worth protecting and there are no plans to hurt it. And Pulpit Rock, of course, I mean, Stephen and I uh, help with a few others to head up Preserve Pulpit Rock. The whole idea is to we, preserve we, it. We spent the last two years uh, essentially doing nothing but uh, preserving Pulpit Rock. And uh, I'm very actually interested to know who is trying to destroy it. Yeah, I mean, if somebody wants to demolish that rock. I need to press uh, charges. I would like to know uh, those people by name and, uh, you know, who they are and what the plans of what destruction, uh, particular destruction plans they have in mind. I And I don't mean to laugh sarcastically, but this is what you're up against. I saw it mentioned on social media in a, a Warwick, New York based Facebook group. Someone said, I'm so upset that someone wants to demolish pulpit rock. And I just thought, my God, I'm more upset. I have what a lot kind of nonsense. What is these people? Why? Why? This is why uh, we, we, we've been doing what we're doing for a number of months now, because uh, instead of picking up the, the nonsense gossip uh, from the bottom of the gutter, for picking up something, you know, he, see, she said, uh, just to uh, you know, listen to the program, uh, read the newspapers, uh, reach out to the town hall and uh, yeah. see what the application is uh, uh, on record in there and see that um, there was no destruction uh, planned. Uh, we essentially trying to preserve uh, what's whatever little left out of uh, it. It's been forgotten. It's been... Uh, 
neglected for a number of years and only now uh, there's some work uh, that has been done and we continue to do that work uh, the and when steven says work he means preservation work we're, we're you know we're not building viewing canopies on top of it or anything when just to clarify that steven because someone might be listening and say oh work well what are they doing no we we cleared off some invasive plants and I'm getting ready to start actually planting prickly pear cactus on some of the shelf-like um, outcroppings of the rock itself, which is actually three rocks. Um, one of the main photos we put on the Facebook page for it, which is Pulpit Rock, Warwick, New York, it shows the rocks from what I would call the face, where you see the full width, and it's three rocks together. You don't really get that perspective when your perspective is so foreshortened by the road when you're looking at it. But it's three rocks side by side, beautiful rocks, and we're gonna plant them with prickly pear cactus, which has a wonderful edible fruit, Edible leaves, uh, our Latin American friends will certainly tell you the leaves are edible. Um, and uh, also, the blossoms are beautiful. We're going to, with appropriate permits, plant a walking fern, which is a rare protected fern here in New York State, on the shaded areas of it because the pH of that rock, being calcareous, is just right for walking fern. So it's, it's going to be quite nice. No, so, and, uh, you know, it's... Yeah, it seems like you, you just took uh, through school uh, <laughs> people who are going to now, now they're going to say preserve pulpit rocks in, in plural, because frankly, they're making some statements that that is so far from from the truth that they, there is has no merit whatsoever have no base. And yet uh, they mix in their facts incorrectly, uh, sort of clamping together the locations that are not even... Uh... Yeah, that was a weird one. And, but it's emblematic of what we see with the quote-unquote opposition of now probably three people. Pretty soon they're going to be more pulpit rocks than opposition members, <laughs> I think, because there's three rocks. But, and you know, if either Stephen or I sound sarcastic and dismissive, we're, we're not you know, venomous people, it's kind of the opposite. The attacks were relentless initially. And if they were science-based or, you know, even just based in fact, that would be one thing. But the attacks were people who just really disliked Mr. Keeter here. And they sort of started inventing other things. And when I had written a letter well before I'd ever met Stephen, uh, saying, hey, look, there's this. there aren't endangered species nearby. That was really the uh, thesis of the first letter I wrote to the editor about it. I was summarily attacked, and people who, you know, the day before loved me and celebrated me and were saying, hey, you know, help us find cricket frogs at Pulpit Rock, wink, wink. Uh, all of a sudden, I was evil, and this is how they are. Nobody can have a departure here in the 21st century in opinion without vilifying the other person. You know, I like vanilla ice cream, you like chocolate, oh, forget it, you're evil, you're a scumbag, I'm gonna slash right. your tires, you know, and that's bizarre. Yeah, so, so, and once again, doing nothing is not a preservation. We are, and I, uh, it, it is work, it is an effort, it is, uh, you know, it, it's hard work, essentially, uh, to, uh, continue with preservation and uh, those measures of preservations do include to open it to uh, public access that's important sure Pre preserve it and maintain it uh, you know making sure that the P ph is, is correct sure. on the stone there's no invasive species that uh, contribute to its crumbling and uh, yeah i mean acid rain had to because it's a uh, you know a high ph stone high lime content it had to have taken a significant beating from acid rain back in the 60s and 70s and into the 80s. And acid rain, we don't hear too much about it anymore for two reasons. First, the threat of acid rain has been eclipsed by other things for for good scientific reasons or not. But also acid rain has probably, um, in fact, I shouldn't say has probably, um, science shows that it's been reduced significantly here in America, certainly uh, you know, from the Ohio Valley and the, those regions, we see less because of the types of scrubbers that are used in um, smokestacks for power plants and things of that nature. In fact, uh, my uh, regular guest on my show, uh, Chris Bell, no. his father was uh, instrumental in coming up with one of the most um, 
effective scrubbers for those smokestacks to reduce acid rain. So no, we do see a reduction in that, but it had to have taken a, a horrific hit back then. And that's why a lot of stones that are high in limestone really look black uh, because of acid rain, believe it or not. Uh, just like we talked about this before, just like a lot of Gothic structures in Europe started taking on that black appearance from acid rain. But we can always lime rinse it a little to help bring it down a bit or soda rinse it but that won't even be necessary it's in pretty good shape the removal of the alien plants the addition of these beautiful native plants and so few people realize that prickly pear cactus is native here um will do beautiful things for it and it will make it just much more of a beautiful centerpiece both to the hotel and to warwick itself to drive by and see this rock with these beautiful prickly pear cacti uh, with the beautiful yellow blossoms in june and, and, it, and it, uh, to date it's by far uh, more than anybody has been ever done uh, including all those yeah. self-proclaimed environmentalists who are screaming and crying for preserving it in fact uh, in the meantime doing nothing and uh, we set forward a comprehensive plan and a, and, a, and a list of measures that will not only open this property to public use, but uh, preserve that rock and not only preserve it, but celebrate and put it on a map uh, to a degree that it has never uh, seen or Absolutely. Before. Absolutely. It's unprecedented. And, you know, it's funny, the uh, rapidly dwindling uh, opposition to the project, it's not just that they didn't do anything for the rock itself. None of these people, believe it or not, not one of them has actually ever done any um, environmental undertaking, anything to help the environment. They, they talk about it and buying the t-shirt is not the same thing as going to the show. You know, just like, um, well, there are so many parallels. I, I wouldn't bore listeners with it. I'm not going to bore you with it, especially here on this day where we're both uh, kind of battling the common cold and sounding like FM jazz DJs, uh, you know, talking about Thelonious Monk instead of uh, Pulpit Rock. But, you know, there was a, a flash of opposition. It's gone. It will not come back. And right now, uh, I only know of people who are very positive about the project. I'm stunned at how many people listen to this show, Stephen, and then call me or message me and tell me about it. And if anybody needs to talk to me about it, if anybody wants to reach out to me, I'm easy to find uh, on um, Yahoo, just jwesterveld at yahoo.com. That's my most used public uh, email address. Reach out to me. Tell me if if you think the idea sucks, if, if you think the way I wear my shirt sucks, tell me, you know? <laughs> no, no, we, we're keeping this uh, communication uh, channels open and everybody who is really, really uh, concerned about uh, what the project is going to look like, concerned about the fate of the pulpit rock, concerned about the future of it, uh, Dial into the show. Uh, send us your suggestions. We have a uh, great presence on the radio, on WTBQ. We have a g presence on uh, Facebook. We have uh, websites uh, dedicated to the project and, uh, and the shows. And uh, once again, a lot of these ideas that will be implemented, some of them uh proprietary uh, like uh, the oh, yeah. eco integration integration measures suggested by jay westerwell and some of them uh, believe it or not has been suggested by uh, local people and uh, warwick residents or were picked up from uh, the uh, historical books and a few of these features by the way are I see are being now adopted by other projects coming into Orange County. I don't have to name them or anything, and I celebrate the fact that they're doing them. And, um, you know, some of them are proprietary and protected, but the ones that I hear them sharing, like uh, the pollinator gardens, um, that's fine. I hope more projects put pollinator gardens in. I hope just regular restaurants would do that kind of thing. Yet, yet you heard about this uh, first here. Absolutely. On, uh, as one of the... Uh, eco-integrative uh, measures of uh, Pulpit Rock uh, Hotel. Absolutely. So it's interesting. And, you know, getting back to people calling in and us having a, an open line always to people, only one person was banned, and that was after the third time he called in, <laughs> screaming it, it, and whining and I, saying that I sold my soul. <laughs> I think the uh, at, at the beginning, uh, there was very little information for anybody to go off, and people were influenced uh, greatly by, uh, there was a core opposition the people that actually uh, you know overstepped any kind of line if even legal legality or even weird human decency for the for that matter uh, sort of making their own 
personal mission to to make uh, this project miserable for me as they put it in writing up on their facebook yeah. and as a slogan Uh, so with that uh, in mind if you uh, really want to uh, n- learn more on get to know more about the project or people associated with it uh, this is probably is the place to 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 discuss it uh, yeah that, as far as the opposition it, it's kind of like the sopranos it's over you know I, it's not a problem anymore we're looking toward the future and i hope more people will engage you engage me talk to us about these ideas um please suggest ideas uh, especially the things like art isn't my wheelhouse music is not my wheelhouse um it would be interesting if some people make some suggestions suggest artists to come in both musical artists and visual artists uh i think that will be interesting uh, to have sculptures and maybe a, a rotating sculpture installation going on through these gardens would just be spectacular than to have obviously some no, absolutely sculptures we are discussing the possibility uh well it's it's actually it's set in uh it's definitely going to happen the names of the cottages, oh, the cottages for historical figures from yeah, warwick yeah some of them already uh are set and i know the names of the people that definitely deserve and will be uh you know uh, the cottages will be named after but uh, it's still an open process uh, if anybody knows or can suggest i, I welcome everybody's uh, comments and uh, i would like uh, people to invite and get them involved in the process and uh, send us the names of the people that they think worthy of uh, you know putting up uh, sort of like for the historical role in warwick uh, yeah. or, or in a community oh thanks a lot steven and i really appreciate this Thank you, everybody. Let's tune in next Saturday for the same time, Free Speech Show. Thank you. Thank you.